0: Hi friends, it's Susan Blackwell from The Spark File, your one-stop shop for creativity where our doors are open and if you smell something delicious, that's because Laura Camion and I have been cooking up something special, something designed to make a big difference in people's creative lives. Enter The Brave Creative, a free 5-day guided adventure to rediscover the vitality energy and possibility in your creative process whether you're a writer a performer a baker a candlestick maker navigating the creative process can be a bear but never fear there's power in numbers at the spark file so let's link arms and make the trip together it's may 13th through 17th 7 p.m eastern less than one hour per day and if you can't join live don't worry about it. You can watch the replay. Join us by going to thesparkfile.com to register. And hey, if you're not familiar with the Sparkfile, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Secondly, we work with hundreds of creatives of all different kinds who are ready to take their next big step. We help folks fear less and create more in a community that is so fun and vibrant. And if you have joined us before, know that we are going deep with the Brave Creative. So buckle up, Buttercup. It is going to be an awesome adventure. Go to thesparkfile.com to register, but do it soon because it all starts May 13th.
1: thesparkfile.com. Register now. The Sparkfile podcast may contain profanity and other adult content. Please use your discretion. When I bump into something that inspires me, I dump it in my spark plug. To be something that I wanna make or how I wanna be, I pump it in my spark fire. I jump into my spark file.
0: Welcome to The Spark File, where we believe that everyone is creative, but smart, creative people don't go it alone. I'm Laura Kamian. And I'm Susan Blackwell, and we are creativity coaches who help people fear less, create more, and bring their creative visions to life.
1: If you're an OG member of the Sparkfile community, welcome back, Sparkler. If you're joining us for the first time, hey, welcome, friends. Hey, Hey. know that just by listening to this podcast, you're joining a warm and wonderful clan of creatives. Oh, but you might be asking yourself, what exactly is a Sparkfile? A Sparkfile is a place where you consistently collect all of your inspirations and fascinations. If you're
0: like us and you're making stuff all the time or you wanna be making stuff all the time, you know if you're not
1: careful your campfire of creativity can flicker out. But please don't despair. We are collecting kindling in the form of fresh ideas, images, and inspiration that sparks creativity and piques curiosity to light a fire under our collective asses to make things like this podcast. Or a conscious, crucial,
0: often overlooked step in the creative process.
1: Ooh, every episode, we're going to reach into our spark files and exchange some sparks. And from time to time, we're going to talk to some folks who spark us too. That means we have more sparks than we can possibly use in this lifetime, friends. So if something lights you up, we encourage you, we implore you to please take that thing and make something out of it.
0: Without further ado, let's open up The Spark. The Spark. Bye, by Laura Carrion.
1: Susie Blackwell. Laura. Yes, your his... voice is a little bit back to normal. You sound good.
0: Uh, Thanks if you're going to give it a percentage, where are you at? Are you at 100? Are you at
1: 97? Um, I would say I'm probably about like 98%. Occasionally, like a squeak will happen, particularly like if I'm laughing or (laughs) if I get excited and then like some strange sound will emerge. That little thing really got you. Whatever the hell that was, it really, really got you. But I'm healing from it. And that is the important thing. Every day when I brush my teeth, I'm like, man, how great is this? I'm not like coughing. I didn't spend the whole night coughing. Yeah, yeah, I'm grateful. I think I'm I'm going to miss little squeaks though. I'm going to see if I can get <laughs> just a few last little squeaks
0: out of you today.
1: <laughs> wish me luck okay we'll see hey you, you mentioned before we started recording you might have a mini sparkle sparklet Suze, i have two little mini sparklets um that i wanted to say one is i noticed this based on a deeper awareness i guess of ai all around us now thanks to your spark last week um or two weeks ago whenever that was Adobe just launched Firefly, which is their AI that lets you edit images just by typing quick edits in the text. Like, like, let's say there's an image of like a tiny house in a field that looks maybe springtime. You can just write change to winter scene and then suddenly like snow on the ground and all like everything is done that you want done to make it like the winter scene. Oh, my God. So that's Adobe's answer there. And then. On a completely different note, here's what I read on Instagram. And then I took a tiny little deep dive into it. In Denmark, there are libraries where you can borrow a person instead of a book to listen to their life story for 30 minutes. The goal is to fight prejudice. Each person has a title, unemployed, refugee, bipolar, etc. But Listening to their story, you realize how much you shouldn't judge a book by its cover. This innovative, brilliant project is active in 50 countries. It is called the Human Library. Wow. And if you're on Instagram, you can go to @humanlibraryorganization. Organization. And the way they describe themselves is this. The Human Library is a library just like any other. The difference is that the books in our library are people with lived experiences and stories. It is a place to challenge stereotypes and prejudice through dialogue. Every open book is drawn from a group in society who are negatively marginalized or targeted with prejudice and discrimination because of their identity, lifestyle, occupation, social status, religious belief, sexuality, ethnic origin, or something similar. I love this project. I'm fascinated. May I ask,
0: when they say you can borrow a person as opposed to a book, do they mean a recording
1: of a person telling a story? No, it's a live person. What? And you meet them like in the library and you sit in a corner and, you know, you find a little space in the library oh my god! and you listen to them tell their story. Oh yeah. my God. And so, and, and it's so powerful because I can imagine that like, you're looking at the human being, the fully formed human being in front of you that is telling you their life experience. It takes it from that, like, you know, our news cycles and they're like, well, I know people who this and that and the other thing. Mm -hmm. So here's this live person right in front of you telling you what they experienced. Wow. Yeah. I think it's so cool.
0: Say again, the name of the project?
1: Human Library Organization. Is it in the United States? I, I have not found an answer to that yet and I'm sure one exists I just haven't found it yet because that was my question too I'm like 50 countries it sure as heck should be here but I don't know if if someone finds that out will you let us know that's amazing that is
0: amazing yeah that's amazing
1: so that's a, that's a little mini spark for you Suze
0: I'll take that mini spark and I'll see your mini spark with this. I have a little, um, cleanup and correction. Oh, okay. Before we get started related to, as you were mentioning the AI. So I recently did a spark on aha moments, how we can set the stage for them, invite them in. I shared the brain science behind it. I gave examples from some notable artists and scientists and their big ahas and then on the following spark that I did I shared that I conducted some of the research for that aha spark using AI namely chat gpt uh-huh. so i said on that episode that i found it to be flawed like a it's like a very fast researcher who is not 100% accurate yeah and i just Recently went back to fact check some of that oh, no. chat GPT generated stuff, specifically the notable artists' aha's. And I think that Chat GPT made a bunch of it up. <gasps> like the quotes, like the who are you attributed it to? Uh-huh. Some of the anecdotes. Oh no. I kept pressing Chat GPT to produce sources. And again, I I mentioned this on the AI Spark that I did, but some of the sources they produced would be linked to dead ends, to broken URLs, and I kept pressing it and pressing it, and it would say some version of, I'm going to read, this is directly from chat GPT. I apologize for the confusion earlier. After searching extensively, I couldn't find any reliable sources that confirm that Toni Morrison shared the specific anecdote about her aha moment while ironing. In any interviews or articles, it's possible that the story is apocryphal or that it has been misattributed to her. As an AI language model, I strive to provide accurate and trustworthy information based on reliable sources. However, in this case, it seems that the anecdote cannot be confirmed. I apologize for any confusion this may have caused, which makes it sound like like that corporate talk. (laughs) It's not my fault. I'm just a robot. So- First of all, <laughs> oh I just want to say, let this be a cautionary tale. I, I felt so embarrassed because I was like, well, I don't want to oh. put more of this into the, like these false stories and anecdotes into the mix. And I didn't get all the way through my fact checking on that. I mean, clearly I should have fact checked before the episode, but I apologize for resharing uh, some apocryphal or flat out inaccurate bull crap. and I'll tell you the reason why I went back and I double checked was because I was asking for a resource for something else and ChatGPT spit out this poem that it attributed to Rilke and a link to that poem, but the link didn't work and the poem wasn't coming up. I put it into a Google search. The poem wasn't coming up and I kept pressing and I was like, chat GPT, did you write that poem? Like, mm. where did that poem come from? Where did this poem come from? And I just kept pressing and pressing, and it was all humming a humming a humming a humming. Like ChatGBT was just like, uh, I uh, think it, I think it wrote it, and then attributed it to Rilke, and no. even gave me, uh, yes, yes. Oh my god! But I was like, God damn! Like, just admit that you wrote it or that you, wow. Anyway, I just want to say apologies and it's a cautionary tale and this technology is far from foolproof. So before
1: you go letting it write your term paper, I think you, your spark lit a fire because we have had a lot of people write in or boxer us or, you know, send us messages about this AI episode and there was a very kind person named David Young who Wrote to us about your episode. Oh, yeah. Hi, David Young. Hi, David Young. He's a teaching assistant for a music history class for non-music majors. And he mentioned, like just last week, he got his first chat GPT generated <gasps> essay.
0: Oh. Sent in. Shit. Uh,
1: you yeah. know what? I want to write back, or David, if you're listening, answer this. Answer us this. How do you know it was chat GPT generated? Um, just as a teacher, like how do you, what, what gave you, gave it away? Yeah. I'm
0: guessing he put it through. There are sites that have software that you can basically copy and paste the essay in. And it tells you the likelihood that it's been generated by AI.
1: Well, I just wonder as a teacher, do you do that? Do you, every single essay, do you're like, okay, I'm going to cut and paste and put this in and run it through. Or was there something about this one that was like, I'm going to check going to check on this
0: one (laughs) i'll tell you my experience and i was saying this to one of our uh, to sean gregory hi sean um because he had thoughts about this whole he heard the episode he had thoughts about this whole ai thing and i will say that there's something sort of slick and cold yeah There's just sort of like a grammatic perfection and also there's like a homogeneity about it. It just feels like it's scraped the internet and given you, like there's nothing that feels deeply inspired about it. And the things that it does produce, I give you Toni Morrison's aha moment, may be total bullshit. The things that actually are like, oh my god, what a warm and wonderful rich story!
1: It's, it's like, like oh, missing like a life force behind it, or like life experience, or something. AI
0: is a sociopath.
1: <laughs> it has dead eyes. It has dead shark <laughs> eyes, and it might it might be like super smart.
0: But I was I was saying to Sean Gregory, I was like. If one would start utilizing this like for work, like if we were going to use this to help us generate ideas for like social posts or you really need to, it really needs to be warmed up because it's just so smooth and bland. It's like bland Mm -hmm. is my experience of it. Mm Mm-hmm makes perfect sense. Yeah. Uh, David Young, let us know. Let us know how you identified
1: that. Yeah. Tell us more, David Young. Amazing. Yeah. And, and thank you Tell for us writing more. us. And
0: thanks for writing. Yeah. Thanks for uh, all the messages that yeah people really are, uh, I don't know, they're excited about the robots coming or nervous about the robots coming. Mm-hmm. I can't blame them no matter how they feel about the robots coming. But hey, listen, may I interest you in a fresh spunk? I want a freshie. I've got one for you. I'm ready. I feel like I'm trying to think if you were in our creativity share room when this happened. You may not have been, but I may have told you about it. So one of our coaching clients, Tammy Evans, has spent the last, I'm going to say, year plus working on a big creative goal, developing a solo show called off the rails, and not only writing it, but producing it, pursuing performance opportunities at venues and festivals. Recently, she did a mini East Coast tour of the show in New York City and New Jersey. And after a little time passed at a meeting of our Illum mastermind group, of which Tammy is a member, she talked about how she did the show. She felt super proud of it, proud of the producerial work she had done to get the show placed in a variety of venues and festivals, proud of the content of the show, mm-hmm. so grateful to all of us who had come out to see the show. And she sensed that there was a piece of the creative process that felt unfinished for her. Oh! So, yes, I thought this was like really, really, uh, perceptive, intuitive of her needs. And I loved her for, uh, surfacing this, bringing it up. So, flashback, Laura, flashback to that time when we were interviewing Lynn Manuel Miranda. When he was a guest on this very podcast. This podcast. This podcast. (laughs) We talked to Lynn about how Hamilton was this tremendous cultural event for everybody. And it was also a huge, huge life event for him personally. And we asked him what advice he would give to anyone who is finishing a big creative chapter and how he dealt with those types of conclusions and that sort of liminal space that exists between Mm -hmm. when you're not exactly, you're not exactly in Hamilton and you're not exactly onto the next thing yet. And do you remember, do you remember that conversation, Little Baby Camps? Yeah, I do.
1: Yeah. You were there. I was there. He
0: talked first about his high school musicals. When he was in high school, they had a tradition of putting up the show posters for whatever show they were doing on sort of like the back wall of the theater, and then everybody would sign everybody else's poster. So they would do the show on Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then on Sunday, the day after the musical closed he would get in bed and read the messages that everyone had signed on his poster. And he said he'd be so sad it was over and he'd read messages from the girls he had crushes on and from the graduating seniors that he looked up to, which is to say he took downtime. He grieved. He reflected. Reflected. He sat in it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He celebrated it. And then he said specifically, have a plan for a week from then. Um, Mm -hmm. so that was an example from his high school time, but he also shared that as an adult, he described a time where after several months of, he was doing Mary Poppins press, which had him all around the world. He did Hamilton in Puerto Rico. He, while he was on all those travels, they got a new home and, you know, He got, he moved into a new home. Oh, that's right. And that kind of happened while he was away. That's, Mm -hmm. that's right. So he had this Mm -hmm. big, big, like months and months of activity. And then he said he and his wife left their kids with their folks and they went to an undisclosed location for five days to talk and reconnect and process these big life events.
1: So good.
0: yeah, they processed what had happened for the past several months things that they hadn't had time to process when they were living it. And they also talked about what the next year wanted to be. So they took some time together to look back. They took some time together to look forward. Forward. They took some time together just to be in the present with each other. Yes. This all leads me to my spark du jour, which is, I, I wish I had like, maybe by the end of this, we'll come up with a zippy way to say this, but processing creative conclusions and milestones. Mm -hmm. And I added milestones because within a significant BCG, this is our shorthand for big creative goal, within a significant BCG, there may be a big singular conclusion, but there may also be significant milestones that aren't exactly endings that want to be processed before you head into the next leg of your BCG. Mm -hmm. So in Tammy's case, which we just talked about, she's continuing to do her show off the rails in other iterations, at other venues, etc. But in order to feel peaceful and reinvigorated and strengthened to go into that next chapter, she needed to process this significant creative milestone of getting that version of the show up and into the world in a big way. So until we come up with a better name for it, processing creative conclusions and milestones.
1: Creative conclusions and
0: milestones.
1: Yeah. I like it.
0: So just before I go any further, I know I'm about, just so you know, in a little bit, I'm going to share some ways that you have processed creative
1: conclusions oh, and milestones. Oh, please remind me.
0: When when we talk about this, like what comes up for you, uh, have there been big, pro- you've done so many well, big
1: projects, Laura Kamian. You know, a few things come up for me. One is like there were years and years on End at Blue Man where we were working so fast and furious that literally the day after opening in one city, you know, we might have time to fly back to New York, switch our luggage and fly to the next city where we're about to open something. Oh, my God. And... I can remember feeling like everything was kind of in disarray and it was, yeah, we not taking that time to kind of process and assess like what we had just achieved. And I think that now over time, when I think about like my personal work too, I think I, wasn't always able to articulate what's happening, what am I feeling? Because it could be like an extraordinary night of, you know, Broadway opening or Yeah, uh, you know, a play being published or something. And and feeling a sense of sadness. Uh Uh-huh. And then I think in my younger years, feeling like, well, you're not supposed to be sad. Like And instead of processing all of those emotions, kind of trying to force myself to feel the one I felt I was supposed to be feeling. Oh, Laura, you bring up such
0: a good point. I want to make sure, I'm going to ask a clarifying question and lead the witness a little bit. Mm -hmm. When you say that you felt sadness, it wasn't because necessarily that the show was poorly received like the show oh, may have no. been a huge hit
1: oh yeah
0: both critically and personally professionally but a sadness which can be so confusing yeah I sometimes attribute that to and I think it's really important like you were saying to be present with it and to process it and mm-hmm. not be like know what I'm No, 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 no. According to legend, what I'm supposed to be feeling is exuberance and gratitude. Absolutely. 100% effervescence. But I feel like my sadness has come when I have achieved big creative milestones.
1: Sometimes it's just like pure fatigue. Mental Mm -hmm. and physical fatigue. Yes. Just collapsing over the finish line. It's
0: all this deferred processing of all sorts of pieces of things related to the creative process and things that have been deferred because I've been so busy. Yeah. It's like there's just wide open space for all of the feelings to rush in.
1: Another one that I will add to this list is I can distinctly recall feeling a loss of a sense of purpose, Uh, because when, and also a loss of people, even though I'm like, I'm going to work, I'm going to see them again in a few weeks, like we're going to get onto the next thing. But when you get up every day, you are quote unquote, like in the trenches with a group of people with a singular goal. We are going to get this show up. We are going to be, we're going to, you know, do these national television appearances. We're going to have a big red carpet event. We're going to read the incredible reviews the next day. And all of it happens. And then like, I remember just feeling like a sense of like sort of inexplicable loneliness. Like, well, where am I? Like, we're we're not getting up today to, to do that again because because it's done, because we did it. And this feeling of like, but that purpose was driving me forward. It was propelling me forward through time. And it was singular in my mind. It was like, this is what we are all moving towards. And then poof, it goes away. Mm. Now, the thing I just said about Blue Man, then it was quite convenient to be like, And tomorrow, we have a purpose again, and our purpose is now this. And those years, I did not learn to sit with that feeling and get to know it and say hello to it of like, okay, welcome. This is the next step. This is the next part of it and the, the next moment that happens, and you're safe and it is a sign that all went well. And now, and now we imagine what's next, but I didn't have that time or that awareness to, to do that for myself. I
0: think it is really, really important. I feel like it is an, as I said in the intro, sort of a really crucial but often overlooked step in the creative process you know Laura and I think of the creative process as a cycle like one of the natural cycles of life you have your igniting sparks and then you have your fanning flames which is the making of the actual thing and then you have the the shining and the sharing of the light which is where you share that creative work out into the world. And I think that this piece, this processing creative conclusions and milestones nestles into that. It's part of sharing the light. Yes. It's a super, super important part of the creative life cycle.
1: I love that you are talking about it in terms of milestones too, because it can be like, well, I'm driving towards like having this reading or whatever the next step in the project is. And that deadline is great to, to, to be there to motivate you and, you know, give you that sense of purpose. And then the next day, it may be entirely up to you to take the the pieces of what happened and what you learned and incorporate that and them in and and create the next step for yourself, mm-hmm. especially when you're you know when you're not working on a project that is at that place where you've got other producers and other people dictating timelines and and motivating you when you're self motivating and you need to okay I just i did the fringe festival, and now, yeah, it's going to be on me to generate the next opportunity or what I determine the next milestone is for my project. Yeah. It makes it even more essential that you process this.
0: Yeah. I feel like there's a number of reasons why we do it. I feel like as creatives, we pour our hearts and our souls into our work and we invest countless hours of time and energy and emotion into bringing our ideas to life and then we reach these major milestones or conclusions and it can feel to your point about the sadness rushing it it can feel like the end of a long and sometimes arduous journey but just because the show has closed or the book has launched or the paint has dried It doesn't mean that the process is completely complete. This piece of processing these big creative milestones and conclusions is, I think, essential for several reasons. First and foremost, it allows us to take stock of what we've accomplished so we can celebrate our successes, acknowledge our challenges, gain a sense, if it is a closure, to gain a sense of that closure of the project. And to your point, this can be a powerful source of motivation and inspiration for future projects. And I think that was the case for both Lynn and Tammy in
1: those stories that
0: I just told. Oh, yeah.
1: If you aren't aware of what's happening to you and what all of these feelings are and how to process them, the fear that I have is that it can be a feeling that's so intense that might keep you from taking the next step.
0: Yes, and I'm going to talk about that in a little bit. Like if it if it isn't processed and it goes underground inside of you, it can become a subconscious narrative that you tell yourself, mm-hmm. uh, a, a counter commitment that you make to yourself, mm-hmm. a piece of evidence that you hold against yourself about future creative acts. Yeah. If if you're like, oh, no, crossing the finish line makes me feel really sad. That's right. Like if you don't process through that, you can be like, I don't want to cross any finish
1: lines. I don't want to get to a finish line because it feels yeah. bad afterwards. Yeah. That's real.
0: I think processing, it also helps us learn from our experiences. And by reflecting on the creative process and our own actions within that process, We can identify what worked well, what didn't work, what we would do differently in the future, and this can help us refine our creative process and determine what new skills might serve us, what might help us grow as creatives. My sister Julie said something to me a while back, and it really stuck with me. Hi, Julie. Hi, Julie. It was something that she had learned from a colleague of hers, and the idea is basically that people who are experts... Those folks who are experts are the practitioners that reflect on their previous work. So, a person can be very good at something, but they may not achieve expert level without consistent reflection on their work. Now, when Julie told me that, I was like, oh no, because you know, sometimes I find it sometimes painful and sad to reflect back, not always. But sometimes if it didn't go great, if there was some hard criticism involved, there are times when I, I've gotten better at it though. But I was like, when she told me that, I was like, ooh, if I want to really gain mastery of something, I'm going
1: to have to consciously
0: process it. Must
1: reflect.
0: Yeah. Must reflect.
1: Yeah. That's an interesting idea. I'm living with that for a minute because that does feel very, very true. Because- there's something that experts, if you're an expert in your field, you don't shy away from a part of the process. Right. You were like, I'm here to learn this. I'm here to learn yeah. all of this. And this yeah. is part of it.
0: And if there is some sort of a, in my case, it can be like a discomfort. In other cases, it can just sort of be like, oh, I haven't opened the door to this wing of the mansion. Mm-hmm. And so it's an opportunity to start, you know, Looking at some area that you have not yet examined carefully.
1: Yes, agreed. I also think that some of what we're talking about, those feelings that we're convinced we feel the next day, uh-huh. from, like I want to cry, to sadness, to I think I feel good about what happened. <laughs> I can't recall. What Creative happened. hangover what just, being rung out. Yes. Yeah.
0: All That's of it. the
1: thing. like there's all of that. And, as you and I would talk about to anyone, it's also the chemicals. Like the flood of chemicals uh, is has not left your body yet. It is a juicy chemical cascade. It's a chemical cascade,
0: and yeah. until
1: they until you literally rinse them out, yeah, and in my younger years, I did not understand what was happening why I felt that way. Yeah. And I also had a tendency to believe every thought that I had. Yes. And believe every feeling that I had. And Uh so it took years to realize, like, I shouldn't believe every thought that I have. Sometimes it's the chemicals talking. so frequently, mm-hmm. it's the chemicals talking. And this, I think, is another
0: great reason that processing big creative milestones and conclusions is really useful because it can help us deal with the challenging emotions that may arise. As creatives, we are often deeply invested in our work and the completion of a project can trigger a chemical cascade that feels like a range of emotions, excitement, pride, disappointment, sadness, grief. But by taking the time to process these emotions, we can acknowledge them, we can learn from them, we can ultimately move forward with a sense of clarity and sort of, I think of like peace Mm -hmm. from having processed them. Mm -hmm. And as I just said a moment ago, if left unprocessed, I really think we can harbor some of these feelings, store them away in our subconscious, and they can turn into narratives and evidence and counter commitments that can keep us from going for our future creative endeavors.
1: Yes. Maybe you make a commitment, literally, I never want to feel like that again. And that commitment is living inside of you.
0: Yeah. If you're one of our clients, Yeah. And you're listening to this, and that, and you know, you know that when you get into the shining of the light, even if you're not one of our clients, if you know intuitively that when you get near the shining of the light phase of the creative process and it's time to take the thing you created out to the people, take your wares to market, whatever it is, and you're like, "Uh, I'm resisting, I'm resisting, I'm doing everything but that. No. Ask yourself is it because I have felt some sort of way in the past when I cross a finish line or check off a big creative milestone.
1: Just ask yourself. It's so interesting. Suze, I keep thinking about something that you said early on in this spark and just to underscore it, we're talking about the need to process whether it was what you would consider a negative experience Yes. If it was the most extraordinary, unbelievably incredible experience. Ding, 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 ding. Yes, yes, yes. Either way, these feelings come and these chemicals come mm-hmm. both in both scenarios and everything in between. So the awareness, first of all, to expect that. And then, I mean, if you can enjoy it what a crazy idea like literally learn to be like and here it is i'm this is i'm in the like i'm bubbling over with chemicals right on time running through yeah. my body right on time and this is all part of it this is all part of
0: it i also think processing can help us build a sense of community and connection with other creatives depending on how oh, we process yeah. By sharing our experiences and our insights, we can learn from others, we can offer support and encouragement, we can inspire others to pursue their own creative dreams. We do what we call a spark round, essentially a name game at the top of Mm -hmm. most gatherings of the spark file where, you know, each person, their face pops up on the zoom. You say your name pronouns, if you wish, and then you respond to a question or a prompt. And recently with our current blaze cohort, we asked them to share one action they take or a reward they give themselves to celebrate or process significant creative output. And in a second, I want to share some of their answers. Nestled into a list of ways creatives can process the completion of a significant creative project or milestone. The reason why I share this now is because I really experienced this processing to build a sense of community and connection. It happens Mm -hmm. in our feedback process as well. It's all the things. It's fun. It's stimulating. It's vulnerable. And it's like, it is bonding.
1: And we learn from each other. Yes, it is. Yeah. And when you can talk about it and acknowledge, I just wanted another, Sean Gregory's getting a lot of shout outs today, but here's another one. He's about to get another one. Yeah. Sean Gregory and Anne-Marie, like I've, I've presented work at their Basement Reading Series before. Sean Gregory and Anne-Marie Petersma's Basement Reading Series. And basement Reading it. Series, friends. And what I love, uh, both of them as dear, what I consider dear friends, will email or, I mean, text me the next day and just be like, how are we feeling today? Checking in. And it's, it's like when you're amongst people who know, like I, we both know what you're full of today and it's a mixed bag of nuts and it's a bunch yeah. of chemicals and, yeah, and everything went well last night, but we're just checking in to say, how are you feeling today? Yeah. It's wonderful. It's incredible to be with people that can it, but like acknowledge together, like you're saying, Suze, and in community of like we all know what this is. It's like it's like that just idea of being in the arena with people who know what it's like to be in the arena is part of it. Yeah. And we can acknowledge like, yep, no matter how great it went last night, we know shit's going on inside of you today. Checking in. I love a good checking in. It's so, it's so good. It, it is so thoughtful. If you're ever wondering what you can do for your creative friends, yes, you sent them a happy opening or a congratulations, like you sent that yesterday. Mm-hmm. The next day, you can write to them and say, how are you feeling today? How you doing over there? I love mm-hmm. that, Laura. That's a good, what do we make of it? Yeah.
0: So I'm going to share this list of ways that you could potentially process the completion of a significant creative project or a big milestone. And if you're someone and you, there are a fair number of people who are like, I don't really do this. Uh-huh. I encourage yes. you to listen yes. to this list, see any of these these things speak to you. Because when we say process, we don't necessarily mean it has to be some big old like, like therapy session. You don't have to take a session. There's lots of ways to do this, and here's a few of them. So try them on, see if any of these speak to you. Know, you know, my favorite. So the, the first one, and actually this one I'm curious about because I think, though you haven't Said it expressly. This might be a Laura Kamian jam. Let's find out. Okay. Okay. Journaling. Writing down your thoughts and feelings about the completed project in a journal to reflect on the creative process, identify what worked well, explore any challenges you faced, what you might do differently going forward. Cams, you journal a lot. Do you do
1: this? Well, ironically, sort of the hotter the feelings, the less I like we'll write in that moment, which is exactly when I need to. Interesting. Why? I just don't think I learned to do that. It just wasn't like a muscle reflex, but it's starting to become one. Because remember when we spoke in Nashville? Yes. And um, hey, everybody, guess what? We shared a room. Susan and I shared a room and every night we were there for like three nights before we did our big thing. It was a really, really big, beautiful room. Just so you know. It was a really big, beautiful room. So don't. Don't feel bad for us but it but was but we'll
0: also happily I'll happily share
1: a platonic bed with Laura Camion and Suze will and don't get it twisted let me I tell will. you there aren't a lot of people that I would let do that and Suze is one of them. Um but we weren't sharing a bed we <laughs> did have our own bed this has gone a weird way now um no, we not. were not sharing beds but we were sharing a room and we were there for like three days before our big event and every night around three a.m. I would wake up and I would be like, I am wide awake and I'm full of feelings. Mm. And I would go to my journal and I would journal and I would tap and then I would go back to bed feeling great. Honestly, like feeling great.
0: What is it again? It's EFT.
1: EFT, emotional freedom tapping. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So you did a combo of the EFT tapping and And journaling. Journaling. Yes. Yes.
1: And so since then... I would say I try to remind myself in the heat of any moment, go to the journal and tap. I like it. Either one or both. Yeah. That, I'm so sorry about that long, long answer because you are just beginning this list of things.
0: Listen, let's let's hear some more of them. I love it. Okay. Um, okay. Meditation and mindfulness, taking some time to meditate or practice mindfulness to help clear your mind and process any emotions that may have arisen during the creative process. I totally do this just as a feature of my life, and I definitely flow this type of processing, creative processing into my meditation. And in fact, when the heat is really on, that's when I go to meditation because I know I can just process through some of the stuff that comes up when you're making stuff and sharing it.
1: Yeah. I think that is great. <laughs> I feel like we've both been in the room where you're journaling, I'm <laughs> meditating. I'm EFT yeah. tapping, you're meditating. <laughs> um, and yes to that. And I think of like how you told me And I've heard her say, Emily Fletcher, like we don't meditate to become better at meditation, but to become better at life. Yeah,
0: exactly. And this Mm -hmm. is part of that. And creativity is such a big part of my life. It's a real big part of that. Part of it. Take a shot, Emily Fletcher. (laughs) Tammy (laughs) Evans always says, when you hear Emily Fletcher's name on the podcast, take a shot. Just take a shot. Emily Fletcher, Emily Fletcher, Emily Fletcher. (laughs) So... um, Y'all are drunk. Creative visualization ah. is another uh, thing you can do. Using mm. creative visualization techniques to imagine yourself revisiting the completed project and exploring any new ideas or directions that may have emerged. And this is something that our our pal Seth Marquette talked about. Taking the energy, yes. for instance, of what he did in a creative share in the Spark file and using that to visualize what he, the project, can become how he can progress it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think this is so powerful, especially because there's so many of us who won't, can't dare to dream, quote, dare to dream. So Uh um, meaning like, if I even start to imagine like, oh my gosh, my show might be At the public, oh my god, don't, 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 don't even think about it. Like you see people do that all the time, and just like very quickly negate it because it feels too scary to even imagine it. And we know this from, um, gosh, we talked about it in that episode about like uh, the comfort crisis Mm -hmm. and those sports psychologists who are like athletes train and they imagine themselves time and time again going to the hoop and hitting or hitting that shot or championship games or Super Bowls or whatnot. And they see themselves there and really, truly feel the sensations. Imagine it's that that it is possible. And I have to say, thank you, Seth Marquette for bringing this up and bringing it to the group. And thank you, Susan, for, for reminding us all, because I would be so thrilled if more and more creatives would allow themselves to imagine what is possible for themselves.
0: I love that Laura Kamian, Dare to Dream by Laura Kamian. (laughs) Um, Another one on this list, and this is something that we've talked to a friend or mentor, reach out to a trusted friend or mentor to discuss your completed project any thoughts or feelings that have come up. Sometimes talking it out with someone else can help bring clarity and new insights. I think this is what Lynn was referring to with his wife. I think uh, we have Catherine Gwynne in our group who is a baker and she shares bakes with her mom who is also a baker. So if you have a creative peer who can speak to the more nuanced aspects of your work. Yes. I find that helps somebody who can, in the way that I can talk to you, Laura, we now have a whole community of people in the spark file. I love, love, love my family, but with the exception of hi, Julie, maybe my sister, Julie, sometimes my mom on specific topics, there's, they don't always get the nuance of Mm -hmm. some of the things that I'm talking about, so to speak to somebody who has the experience and is is sort of like a peer with you or like a good mentor or a coach, I think is super duper helpful. Agreed. Another big one is to process it through the body via movement or sweat. This as we know from the Nagoskis, completes the stress response cycle, often associated with big projects and milestones. Laura Camion is raising the roof because what? Here's some examples. Laura gave deep <laughs> tissue massage. You love for somebody to just like, just like Lucy in oh that vat of grapes, just like stomp it out of you, right? So
1: I'm talking about pain. Yeah, like truly like dig in deep. And I will combo that with, some creative visualization and literally imagine things draining from my body, like stuff that I don't want or need anymore draining from my body Yes, and then, you know, getting up and filling back up again. And it's yeah. oof, so good.
0: That is good. And here's some other ways that that can manifest. Brett Schuford takes a hot yoga class and sweats it all out. Mm-hmm. Emma Callis, sweet Emma Callis, kickboxing workout to calm her anxiety so she doesn't overthink the aforementioned creative right. achievement right. or milestone. Carrie yes. Seward going up to the hot springs, Peter Petralia Ooh. getting a massage, yeah, taking baby. a bath and walking in nature. Like these are yes, all yes, yes. physical. I, I don't know about you, but oftentimes after a big creative output or a milestone, no matter how it went, I feel like somebody just pulled me out of the wash cycle. Like I was in
1: uh-huh.
0: like, oh, the yeah. extended uh, clothes washer. And it's nice to have somebody like to do something like this mm-hmm. to sort of reset you physically. I think it's great. Absolutely. Now, here's one that may be obvious, but it can manifest in different ways. Celebrating taking some time to celebrate your accomplishments and acknowledge the hard work that you've put into a creative project or a milestone celebrating can help you feel proud and grateful for what you've accomplished so this can be this could be a closing night or an opening night party this could be a book launch party mm-hmm. but it can also be our client And Spark Scribe, if you like our art, thank Jill Dreyer. Mm -hmm. Jill Dreyer turns the music up super loud and she becomes (laughs) what she calls the middle-aged hype girl dancing like an idiot and her family joins her. And that is a way
1: of, there's all sorts of ways to celebrate. That's a way to celebrate. That's absolutely a way to celebrate. But I think it's about intentionality. Like I want to celebrate, truly. What I've accomplished, how far I've come, all the things that went right. Yeah, you know, I keep thinking, Suze, We talked recently about. Um, I had like a table read of a script, and we were talking about processing it afterwards. And and I was like, you know, younger me. Even when you go into something, you know, like this is a draft, and I'm going to get notes. That's what we're. Do- that's why we're doing it. Yeah, younger me would hear like all the accolades of like, this is amazing. This is so, you're so good. And then hear the feedback that's like, you know, this could be tweaked. We could change this. This needs to be amplified, whatever. And I couldn't hold in my mind that both things were true. Yeah. That, yeah, you know, yes, I'm a good writer and all these things are amazing about it. And, and there's these things that I want to work on. Yeah. So I couldn't celebrate. That's the whole point yeah. of this. I couldn't celebrate all those things that went right because I wasn't capable of understanding both things being true. All those things are worthy of celebrating. And tomorrow I'll get back to my desk and I'll start my rewrite. Yeah. And I'll work on those things that like those notes aren't scary. And I, that's how I feel now. I'm like, notes aren't scary. But I didn't know, I didn't know it years ago. And so I love this idea of celebrating.
0: I think that's the sign of a, a mature, more evolved mind or an example of an emotional intelligence where you're able to hold two seemingly contradictory or multiple contradictory ideas simultaneously. Yeah. And they can all coexist and all be true and you can party on while you're doing it. Absolutely. Another big one for a lot of people in our group was rewards, Marking the moment with some type of reward. <laughs> so these yes. ran the gamut. Scott Barnhart talked about like naps and desserts. Mark Lingenfelter talked about giving high fives to himself and to colleagues. Kevin Weinbold talked about getting an Airbnb or a hotel to pamper and reflect. Yes. Diane Ennis talked about a combo platter of a physical one where she strikes A strong gesture, like a strong pose, to like mark the moment, and also a scoop of praline ice cream.
1: (laughs) Ice cream, I think, figured largely in the reward. Ice cream
0: was a was a big (laughs) reward section, but also Bradley Beerman bringing it strong with a craft cocktail and maybe a little bit of Animal Crossing. (laughs) Julian Godfrey with a great chocolate chip cookie, and there was even some recreational or psychotherapeutic drugs tossed in there Heard as well. Heard a little well. bit of that too, yeah. Just like yeah. something like fun. I think it ties to celebration. Yes. That sort of reward and celebration. Another popular one was taking a break, allowing yourself, I think this is critical uh, per Lin-Manuel Miranda's uh, going to the undisclosed location, allowing yourself to take a break from creative work for a, a period of time to rest, recharge, process your thoughts and feelings without the pressure of starting a new project immediately. So Sam Johnson talked about allowing herself to get away from a screen, whether it was a mani petty or a hike, just not working yes,
1: was a reward. Just not working. Yeah.
0: Sarah Shives talked about no responsibilities for 24 hours, plus a giant plate of vegan nachos. I mean, these were some really, really good ideas. So good. I love this. Kelly Letourneau, this spoke to my heart. Deep cleaning the apartment, fresh sheets,
1: showered, oh. and just getting into that fresh clean bed. So a little rest tossed in there. I mean, talk about setting the stage for the next chapter. Fresh. We're just fresh.
0: fresh. I loved I love that. It. Light a candle, baby. Yeah. Another one, which this is actually my, I would say number one. This is my number one, self-reflection, taking time to reflect on the creative process, identifying what worked well, what could be improved upon in future. Um, it really does help me and I think others to grow and develop as a creative and refined process. So I, have talked to you about this before, Laura, how like when I'm driving home from like, if I've spent a day filming on set or if I have given a talk or we've given a talk, I like to consciously think through moment by moment, whatever just happened. If there's footage, like if it's something that's been filmed, I will watch it sometimes multiple times for my own pleasure to feel my feelings. I use it to think through, oh, that happened there. I thought that thought there. That didn't feel great. Why didn't it feel great? And consider like what I loved about it, what I might do differently next time. And this is something that
1: Sean Gregory does as well. Sean. Oh my God. Take a shot every time you hear Sean Gregory's name. We are going to title this episode, (laughs) Sean Gregory. And processing. AKA, (laughs) there you go. Um,
0: But Sean said that he sits on the sofa in silence and reflects on what went well, Yeah, what he felt like could go better, just sort of taking it all in. Um, Monica Kelly rereads poetry and writing that she has done, which I think is a version of this as well. Absolutely. For me, it's a little bit of, some of it is enjoyment, some of it's like, Processing the painful parts.
1: Yeah,
0: Uh, but this is that's probably my number one is uh, self reflection.
1: I love that, Suze. I would say that I usually combine that, you know, with a massage or with a walk or something. (laughs) Yeah, so like self reflection and physical, like this sort of combo, but. I love the intentionality of that and how you describe doing it. And also for our listeners, like one thing we really advocate is writing down, especially like those positive moments, those good things that happened. The Hall of Famers. Yeah. Yeah. Because your brain is going to want to replay the negative it it just does because it's trained to protect you and so it wants to sear into the back of your eyeballs this moment happened don't let it happen again you'll die if it happens sear is the right verb yeah a you won't die But B, your brain is just doing what it is supposed to do. So we actually have to work hard to be like, hey, remember these 14 fabulous moments that we weren't going to die at all? You know, like we have to force our brain to also uh, sear those into the back of our mind.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that chemical burn—it's liter- It literally feels like a chemical
1: burn when there's just like a big yeah. injection of like adrenaline and cortisol. It is a killer cocktail. And you know when you're laying in bed, and that thought—it's like a like a lightning bolt through your brain. That's the like I, it's like a hot poker, and you're like searing it. And it's—I like, always feel
0: like I experience it like a cigarette burn this moment. Happened. It's like yes.
1: Yes, exactly. Sears and I'd like the word. jump up out of bed of like, oh my God, like there will be no more sleep somebody in this moment. Me a massage. Because somebody just <laughs> poked me with a hot poker. Yeah, yeah. So
0: just a few more in case these are helpful. Seeking feedback. Asking for feedback from others on your completed project or your milestone can provide new perspectives and help you see your work in a different way. We do this mm. on the regulars in the Sparkfile, File. And this is what Tammy did. This is specifically Always. what Tammy did with us. I'm going to share it because right. I think it's so brilliant. After Tammy's mini East Coast tour of her show, she used one of her creativity share slots in the Illume Mastermind to ask her fellow Spark File masterminders, if you saw the show, could I have some affirmations on it? Could you share your favorite part? And if it impacted you in any way, could you name it? And I thought mm-hmm. brilliant. It's brilliant and it's what she needed. That's right. So that she could move on to the next iteration of the show. Yeah. And, you know, process through. I just thought it was brilliant that she as an artist to find what she needed and she asked for it i'm a big fan
1: the clarity of that like yes we are big proponents of the artist determining what i need and not just a blanket what you guys think
0: not never just a blanket what did you please guys never
1: think? please never
0: banish it banish mm-hmm. it. Be more specific and ask for what you need. Um, just a few more. Experiment and play. Allowing yourself to experiment and play with new techniques, mediums, styles. This can help you explore new ideas and directions while also processing your thoughts and feelings about the completed project or milestone. So um, Wisneski, I'm talking to you. <laughs> Wisneski was talking about taking an artist date, going somewhere new.
1: Yeah, Suwa
0: was talking about getting silly and playing with her kids, <laughs> yes. specifically after a big creative output. And I was yes. like, that's all experiment and play. That's great. Like getting into a different brain gear. Loved that. And finally, taking action, using what you have learned from the completed project or milestone to set new goals and take action towards your next creative endeavor. Taking that action can help you move forward and build upon what you've learned. And I think this is what Lynn was talking about when he said, Take that break, sit in it, feel it, and then have a plan for a week from now.
1: Yeah. I was going to say that action comes after it's like the final step of the processing. So you have rested, you have reflected, you have moved your body, you have done all what you've rewarded yourself, celebrated yourself. Pick, you know, pick two or three of those. You've done those, and then comes action. Yeah, I love it, Suze. I love it. Yeah,
0: I love this. I love this clarity for us. I love Mm -hmm. offering this as a resource to our listeners and to the people in the Spark File. And to all you creatives out there, we really encourage you to take the time to, and it doesn't have to be a long time. What I was just describing about where I go through moment by moment, Mm -hmm. that's on a car ride home from someplace. Yeah. And I'll literally, I've said to you, sometimes when I'm on long car rides, I like to have, in addition to sharing a bed with Laura Camion <laughs> I like to have long, long phone conversations with her because we just don't talk enough at work. I so- love them.
1: Yeah. Those My are up, outside of work conversations, but
0: I remember <laughs> being on long car rides and having conversations with you, and being like, "Okay, I am going to get off the phone now because I just want to think through what happened today." Yeah, yeah, and that's what I was doing. Love it. So w- I just we encourage you to take that time; doesn't have to be a long time, but process your big creative milestones and conclusions, celebrate your successes, mm-hmm. process the wins, process the pain, learn from your experiences. Grow as a creative, become a master.
1: And keep going.
0: And keep going. Keep Keep going. going. A creative milestone signals not just the end of a creative chapter, but it can herald the beginning of the new and the next. But by taking that time to reflect and learn, you really will be better prepared to swing back around the spark cycle, to generate some fresh sparks, and to... um, to move forward and that is my spark
1: Sue, i love this thanks Kim. and i love that like so many of our clients our beloved clients contributed to this because of that spark round and thank you so much everybody for sharing these incredible ideas
0: Yes, thank you. We adore you. And look, you helped us make a podcast today. Yay! So I guess that's it. That's it! This episode of The Spark File was made on the lands of the Lenape people. And as always, we hope it put another bunch of sparks in your file. Hey, listen, if there's a spark you'd like us to explore, or if you'd like to learn more about how to coach with us and be a member of the Spark File community to bring your creative ideas to life, you can email us at thesparkfile at gmail.com or you can submit through our website, thesparkfile.com.
1: We will even happily... Take your feedback, but you know the price of admission. First, you got to share a creative risk that you have taken recently. You can follow us on social at
0: the Spark File, and be sure to subscribe, rate, and five star review this podcast. It really does help other listeners to find us. Also, if you like this podcast, we do hope you'll share it with people that you love, maybe people who could use it. Mm -hmm. And if you didn't like it, why don't you go process a milestone? Why don't you that? Process this.
1: If something lights you up and gets your creative sparks flying, we are writing you a forever permission slip to make that thing that's been knocking at your door. It's your turn to take that spark and fan it into a flame. You know, you got to take it and And make
0: make it. it. Bye. Bye, friends. Go process your creative conclusions and milestones. Celebrate yourself. I celebrate myself. I celebrate myself. I celebrate myself by eating pizza. (laughs) It's a song (laughs) I heard once. When I bump into something that inspires me, I dump it in my spark fire. Could be something that I want to make or how I want to be. I pump it in my spark fire. Jump into my spark file. spark file, let's open up the spark file. Hi friends, it's Susan Blackwell from The Spark File, your one-stop shop for creativity where our doors are open and if you smell something delicious that's because Laura Camion and I have been cooking up something special, something designed to make a big difference in people's creative lives. Enter The Brave Creative, a free five day guided adventure to rediscover the vitality, energy, and possibility in your creative process. Whether you're a writer, a performer, a baker, a candlestick maker, navigating the creative process can be a bear but never fear. There's power in numbers at the spark file. So let's link arms and make the trip together. It's May 13th through 17th, 7 PM Eastern, less than one hour per day. And if you can't join live, don't worry about it. You can watch the replay. Join us by going to thesparkfile.com to register. And hey, if you're not familiar with the Sparkfile, first of all, welcome to the podcast. Secondly, we work with hundreds of creatives of all different kinds who are ready to take their next big step. We help folks fear less and create more in a community that is so fun and vibrant. And if you have joined us before, know that we are going deep with the Brave Creative. So buckle up, Buttercup. It is going to be an awesome adventure. Go to thesparkfile.com to register, but do it soon because it all starts May 13th. thesparkfile.com. Register now.